10, verses 13 to 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there are a lot of children worshiping with us today, and and today I need the children to, to look at me. And whether you're in the building here or you're in the gym, you just raise your hand and and wave so we can all see the children who are in the building. I'm seeing a few people waving, especially the children who who might sit on their parents' lap. Enjoy sitting on your lap, that your parents' lap, and you, you wave so we can see you. As adults, we need to see you here or in the gym. Do you ever stop, children, you can stop waving now, you can, do you ever stop to think what It was like to meet Jesus when he was a child. Jesus was a child at one time in his life. And since he had human parents, we would not be surprised to learn that his children or his that his parents were happy when after he was nursed he he burped. Or maybe they had to, when he was baby, had to wipe up some of his drool that was coming down, or maybe they rocked him to sleep as a child. And since no human is born walking, we can understand that Jesus spent some time crawling around on his own knees and then toddling around and looking at other people's knees. Common to all children, we would expect that he too enjoyed it when people spent time with him, when they held him, when they spoke kindly to him. And it makes us wonder how we as as adults would have interacted with him if we met him when he was a child and perhaps tugged on our sleeve to say hi. And Jesus makes us think about that when he taught his disciples that whoever receives a child in his name receives him. Christian character is displayed in how we receive children. If you're an adult, a grown-up, what is, what is your view on young children? Are you the kind of person that considers children a, a sometimes necessary burden? Or do you, think, or do you thank God that, for the privilege to interact with children, whether in your own home or in the homes of others or in the building here? Do you criticize couples that you think have too many children, or, or do you praise God with parents for every children that the Lord gives to them? Think about how you interact with small children. Do you like them, or do you find children kind of annoying, maybe even intimidating? Another question would be, are you the kind of person that children feel comfortable approaching? Do you have time for these often drooling, dependent, ignorant, attention-grabbing, somewhat self-centered creatures? Jesus teaches us that the citizens of the kingdom of God receive children with open, welcoming arms. And the text today and the verses surrounding it 
are very focused on children. Jesus taught about children, and then in the verses of our text, he ministered to them. And I preach to you the gospel, this gospel under the following theme, children belong in the kingdom of God. We'll see Jesus' lesson for grown-ups and Jesus' blessing for children. We see in our text that as the day of his death drew nearer, Jesus and his disciples had left Galilee and they were in the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. They were getting closer to Jerusalem where he would suffer and die. And after Jesus had taught the Pharisees that people should not separate what God had joined together in holy marriage, he and his disciples, we read, they went into a house. It's in verse 10. And perhaps it was the end of the day, or perhaps they were making preparations for the journey that's mentioned in verse 17. But it happened that at that time that they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. The word used for they is general enough to include parents, relatives, or any other temporary or permanent guardian or caregiver. And joining the different gospel accounts, we get a a picture of, of loving people bringing both babies and small children, asking Jesus to touch, to bless, to pray for them, as was the practice of the priests on the evening before the Day of Atonement in Israel. And although there had been little opportunity for them to approach Jesus in the adult world of what appeared to be a a fast-paced ministry of, of healing and teaching and debate with Jewish leaders, these parents and these children, they actually don't really need anything from Jesus that only He could give to them. They don't appear to need to be healed. and They were too young to need answers to theological questions. They were just some parents or guardians with some kids looking for a blessing. It appears that the disciples judged that the desire of these caregivers with their children didn't seem very important at that time, especially if Jesus was tired. And perhaps if you are not a kid, you can think of some very good reasons why the disciples rebuked these families and even hindered them from drawing near. Perhaps they were blocking the door to the house. You might think of some good reasons, but Mark does not explain why the parents or why the disciples did this. He only tells us how Jesus reacted so that we know that what they did was very wrong. The disciples were wrong to separate receiving and loving children from other kingdom work. And it makes us realize how wrong it is to tell our children that we don't have time for them because we're too busy with the so-called real kingdom work, as if being active on a church committee or or leaving on short-term service trips is more important work for a mother or father than receiving little children. And there are not many times that we read that Jesus was angry. He sighed at the Pharisees' demand for a sign in chapter 8, verse 12. He was very 
deeply disappointed with his disciples' blindness, but now he is indignant. That means angry. Jesus was indignant because the disciples' ignorance about the kingdom was so great that they were hindering children who wanted to enjoy one of the greatest blessings of the restoration of the kingdom of God, which was fellowship with the loving shepherd king, Jesus Christ, who had come to give his life for his sheep. The kingdom isn't always about getting stuff for ourselves, getting healed, or or getting answers, but it is about time spent loving one another. When Jesus healed that boy with an unclean spirit, Jesus had shown them that the light of the kingdom of heaven that had been seen in the transfiguration, it shines into earth through the down-to-earth love and care shown to a child. And we read, and a little later, Jesus actually took a child, held him in his own arms, and then he taught his disciples that receiving a child in Jesus' name is the same as receiving both the Father and the Son as Lord and God. And the disciples could have remembered the severe curse that our Lord Jesus uttered against anyone who causes a little one who believes in Jesus to sin. Till today, the church echoes Jesus' teaching that anyone who abuses or leads a little child astray can be sure that the terror and the pain and the agony of a millstone tied around their neck will be preferable to the punishment that God has in store for those who don't repent. And the weight of this curse in Jesus' teaching as he's focused on on children, it carries through to the next verse as Jesus talks about being at peace with one another and then the permanence of marriage, which is so fundamental to the protection of children. Jesus' command not to hinder the children, it functions as the conclusion and the summary of all that he had been showing and teaching them before this comment. That's why he's so angry that his disciples didn't see it. The picture of the kingdom of God that that Jesus gives is very different from a lot of the prevailing attitudes of people and sometimes even people in the church when they speak very disparagingly about children or the number of children that God blesses couples with. And when we see the connection between receiving Jesus and receiving children, We see it has consequences not only when we discuss the topic of abortion, but also about couples speaking about how many, about having children. Jesus was indignant with the disciples because of their pride. It is not fitting for the citizens of the kingdom of God to worry so much about being honored or or being known as professionals in their trade that they are unwilling to receive children into their lives or to honor young children with their time and attention. And then we see that the disciples weren't just rebuking and hindering some children they happened to meet. They were, in effect, refusing the kingdom that Jesus was ushering in. And as we stare at 
Jesus' teaching concerning the, the importance of a parent's faith, the godly instruction of our little ones, careful attention to a peaceful marriage relationship, we realize that he is showing us what the kingdom is like. It's not about honor and thrones and, and greatness and success and personal wealth, but it's about parents and, and volunteers sitting on a floor with children, playing with ponies, cutting paper, building stuff out of Lego, gluing stuff, reading, reading books. That's the kingdom of God that our Lord Jesus is revealing. The kingdom of heaven is a place where, where children aren't just tolerated, but they are actually received and recognized because they belong. And not only do they belong, but they are a model, an example of what all citizens of the kingdom of God look like. Jesus said that. He said, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And as we apply that, we need the children to raise their hands again and wave. Children like you, the kingdom belongs to such as these waving children. Children are a model. That's the positive lesson that Jesus gave for the grown-ups. First he said, don't hinder them. And then he said, look at them. And then Jesus actually flips it all around. There was, they were debating whether or not children belong to the kingdom or not. And then Jesus flips it around and shows there's no question about the children, but the real question is for the adults. The point is, not every adult is necessarily a part of God's church just because they are participating in all its activities. Only those who are like children will be in the kingdom. So how can we as adults be like children? Now if Jesus meant that we had to imitate some characteristics of children then it would be just like giving a list of things to do in order to enter the kingdom. So Jesus wasn't just telling his disciples to be humble, although many children are not that humble, but quite selfish. He's not just telling disciples to be innocent or to be cute or any other characteristic, but he was telling them to actually do the opposite of trying to do something and letting go of all claims to be able to contribute anything. It was a call to come to the Lord with empty hands like a child born who brings nothing into the world. To be like children is to be dependent on the love and care of others. And not just as an act that we, we sometimes speak when we say, I'm depending on God but in such a way that you trust so completely with all that you are and all that you have and all that you do that if there was no God, your entire life would crumble. Just like a child could not survive even a few days if they did not have a caregiver. To be like a child is to have your very reality shaped by what others teach you, by what God says, which you believe implicitly and without any questioning, 
because you completely trust the one who taught it to you. And as we reflect on the relationship of of young children with loving parents, we can see why Jesus said they are the model of citizens in the kingdom. Citizens of God's kingdom are poor in spirit and meek. Just think of the, the Beatitudes, the blessed statements. Citizens of the kingdom recognize their dependence and they rejoice in God's grace to them. Citizens of God's kingdom are like children with their trusted loved ones, eagerly desiring to spend time with their heavenly Father, seeking to live under his blessing, humbly seeking him out. To be like a child in the kingdom is to believe everything the Lord says, to be willing to be last because you know you are the smallest, to savor the favor and kindness of the Lord to bask in his gracious attention, to delight in all the blessings of being his child. What had Jesus taught them about greatness in the kingdom of God in verses 33 to 37 of chapter 9? Greatness in the kingdom is a willingness to give up your own proud feelings of self-importance and to be a servant of all. Ironically, Those who are like these children show that they are like children also in how they view and interact with children. People who are like children, like children. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven are like Jesus, also in the way that he gave his blessing to children. We'll see this in the second point, his blessing for children. As we look at these, these verses in our, in our text today, we see Jesus' response to the children that were brought to him and then barred at the door and then he wanted to see them, it, it reminds us of the excitement of, of an aunt or a grandmother reaching out to hold a, a newborn infant. He's indignant that, that the opportunity had, had been blocked, had been taken away from him And then when he had the opportunity, Jesus took them in his arms and and blessed them. And the word for blessed is is repetitive. It means like thoroughly blessed them. He he fervently blessed them, laying his hands on them. It's the most tender passage in Mark. And do you see the beautiful picture of the reality of the kingdom of God that Jesus displayed but the disciples had failed to recognize? The Son of God took on human flesh and took babies and young children in his arms. Children who are brought to him and who come near to the Lord Jesus are not hindered by our Savior, but he receives them and he is tender towards them. Their place in God's kingdom is clearly revealed in Jesus' willingness to bless them. For although the Lord does not bless those who are not in his kingdom, he certainly extends his favor to all who are included, both childlike believers and their children alike. And by taking these children in his arms, Jesus confirmed that the adults who believed in Jesus Christ 
are correct to believe that their children share in the blessings that they themselves received because of their faith. When Jesus healed the young boy who had an unclean spirit, he had asked the boy's father if he believed. Jesus again connected the faithful instruction of caregivers to the godly lives of children when he warned against those who harm or mislead children. It's because of the childlike caregivers in, the go- in this gospel turned to Jesus, independence, and they, and they sought his blessing over these children that the children they brought to him were included together with them in the kingdom blessings. And God displays his love for children by entrusting them into the loving care of parents who love them and live in peace with one another. Children can experience the blessing of the Lord Jesus through the loving care of their parents or guardians or any believer who is entrusted with their care. And when Jesus blessed the children who were brought to him, he was revealing the task of all adults in the church today. Children of believers must know about their blessings in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit leads all grown-ups in the church to raise these waving children up in the knowledge of God's favor and promises toward them. Covenant children have received beautiful promises of the everlasting love of the almighty triune God that were signed and sealed to them in the sacrament of holy baptism. And the children need to know about these promises. We incur the wrath of our Lord Jesus when we hinder the children from coming into the kingdom of their, uh, the king, coming into the knowledge of their blessings of Jesus Christ when we fail to teach them. We incur the, the wrath and a most severe curse if we mislead them about the truth of the kingdom, maybe with a bad example, or when we misrepresent the Lord to them. Maybe we, we're always complaining about the Lord in their presence. When Jesus took the children in his arms, he also revealed that the task of parents goes beyond just Christian education, which is often and perhaps too carelessly delegated to the church or the Christian school. But Jesus here points to the real, tangible interaction that children crave so much. We don't just tell them about their blessings, but we allow them to experience the blessings of fellowship in the kingdom, just as our Lord Jesus did. You see how our Lord Jesus spent time with the children. You see how he he made them feel safe in his arms as they felt the touch of his comfort. You see how he assured them that they belong with the words that he spoke. Although our Lord Jesus was never a parent himself. He had been a child. He knew what it takes for a child to experience the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. And in all this, our Lord Jesus displayed the kind of child care that is to be found among the citizens of God's kingdom. Whether we are single, like our Lord Jesus was, or married and raising the adopted or natural or foster children that the Lord has given to us. Jesus' teaching and ministry 
reveal what a wonderful privilege it is when God blesses a congregation with children. Jesus' words in our text give meaning and encouragement to husbands and wives in their marriages as he confirms the deep and lasting value of, of parents in their homes. May we reflect his blessing to the children of the next generation in humble dependence on God. Now that's easy to say, but day to day it can be very difficult. What do we do when we grow tired of dealing with the children's weaknesses or when we're frustrated with their messes and childishness. I'll admit for part of the making of this very sermon I had earplugs in my, in my ear because a young one in our home was crying and crying. What do, you, what do you do when you feel that overwhelmed feeling? Remember this day that Mark tells us about. And the Son of God, your mighty King on his eternal throne, received children like yours, took them in his arms, and tenderly blessed them. Children in Jesus' days were not less dependent or selfish or immature than children, little children today. And yet he took them in his arms because children belong in the kingdom of God. And today, God's Spirit leads Christians to do the same, to pay attention to children today. Jesus was angry with his disciples for treating Christianity as a sophisticated adult religion that is focused on personal honor and esteem. And so he reminds us that, that the children who gather with us in worship, they also belong. It's such a beautiful thing to see this, that the truth of the kingdom of God as older members are, are reaching down to little children with, with smiles and, and I know in, in the lobby of our building here sometimes even candies and kind words and excellent Christian education and elders and deacons who know the names of the children and lovingly prepared events that allow the children to truly experience the blessing of God's love and belonging to the communion of saints. And so children, once again, you are here. You, you, you wave to, to remind us that you are here. And you are loved. And you belong. So as we leave today, I want the children again to lift up your hand. And, and, and so that adults, can, we could see that you're here. So we know what Jesus said in our words. In, in his words. Adults, these children that lifted their hands, children around you, Jesus said they're, they're models for you about true dependence. May they, as children, experience God's blessing to them in the way that you treat them and interact with them. And as you love them without hindering them, with humble hearts and attitudes, you can know that this kingdom of God that Jesus is speaking of also belongs to you. Amen. And we'll sing together now. The hymn refers to this passage as well as hymn 58, stanzas 1, 2, and 3, and we'll sing that standing if you're able to stand.